Yeah, it went as expected. Shield implodes and everyone wants answers. The CIA, NSA, NRO, them I can handle, but Congress? Congress is like kindergarten. Where is this fridge? What was in there? Who or what is a man thing? I swear, I need a cocktail and a lobotomy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nexus of All Realities, a man thing podcast. I'm Paul Matthew Carr, your guide to the weird, the wacky, the often wonderful of a 70s swamp-based monster comic. Today on the program, uh, just a short run-through of all the mentions of Man-Thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. So I'm recording this in March of 2022, and as we'll see, there have been several mentions, allusions, and one straight-up appearance of Man-Thing so far in the MCU. And with all the multiverse shenanigans and talk of Nexus points and Nexus beings, what I once thought was an impossibility is now not only a possibility, it's rumored to be happening as soon as Halloween of this year. And that is a live-action appearance of Man-Thing on our screens, either a movie screen or a TV screen. And if that were to happen, it would truly be a wonderful time to be alive. And yes, 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 I know. (laughs) There was a movie called Man-Thing many, many years ago, but that doesn't count. If you'd like to know why, go back a few episodes and listen to my review of that movie. So one rumor being kicked around, as of just a couple of days ago, as I record this, is that Man-Thing may appear either in his own special for Halloween on Disney+, Plus, or on the Werewolf by Night special that is definitely confirmed to be happening. Again, all rumors and speculation right now. But I figured, hey, I might as well jump on the bandwagon as long as that bandwagon has pulled up in front of my house. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through all the mentions of Man-Thing in the MCU so far, and at the end I'll give my thoughts on how we could be integrated into live action uh, that would not only be cool, but might actually be able to push the overall story of the MCU forward. Now, the first mention of Man-Thing in the MCU that I'm aware of was in the 20th episode of the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where Maria Hill is speaking to Pepper Potts on the phone after doing some testimony in front of Congress and reports that one of the questions she was asked is who or what is a Man-Thing. This is the clip I played in the cold open. Now, I watched this episode when it first aired and, you know, of course I caught the reference. Uh, It did make me smile, but I assumed it was just that, a reference, an Easter egg. A little gift for those in the know, but I also assumed that there was nothing more to it. They weren't actually going to put Man-Thing in the show. They were just going to throw that Easter egg in. Now, a couple of things about this. First, is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. part of the MCU? I mean, it kind of is, but not really. The show itself really thought it was, but the movies seemingly didn't know of its existence. And um, this was in large part because at the time... You know, the TV shows both on ABC and Netflix were in this bizarre relationship with the films. There was a lot of internal politics behind the scenes, you know, creative differences and whatnot. It's not really relevant to the subject of this podcast. It's suffice to say that they were separate at the time, but nowadays with uh, the multiverse and the variant timelines, which I'll get into later, 
the TV shows are seemingly back in, with the exception of Iron Fist, because, well, go watch Iron Fist to figure that out. And even though Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't officially been acknowledged as canon, I choose to believe that it is, and this is an official reference to Man-Thing being in the MCU. The second thing about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I want to mention is it was a good show. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it stumbled from time to time, as all shows do, but it really grew over time. And once, you know, unshackled from the movies and allowed to be just its own thing, it just got to be really fun. And, and for me, it became, you know, appointment TV, and I almost never missed an episode. And that being said, I know that I'm in the minority here. Uh, many people just didn't care for this show. And if that's how you feel about it, if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just wasn't your thing and you didn't care for it, you know, it's okay to be wrong. And that's fine. Moving on. The universe rotates on a 5,000-year cycle. And once a cycle, all the worlds align. Imagine, imagine that this is our world. And, uh, oh, thank you. And this is another world. Normally, they're separate. But during the alignment, everything is connected. Any questions? Yeah, can I have my shoe back? In 2013, in the movie Thor, the darkest of all the Thors, the film that no one seems to like because, well, it's not exactly, you know, good. But Endgame th seemed to think it was really important. And I, personally, will argue that while it's not good in a technical sense, it is incredibly fun. A hoot, you might say. And despite all its flaws and lack of coherence, I actually really enjoy Thor The Dark World. Um, unironically, in... in in the same way that reading a goofy comic makes me happy. And if nothing else, I can listen to Kat Denning say Mew Mew over and over again on a loop and be quite content. Mew Mew! <laughs> just occurred to me, right back to back, uh, I just confessed to liking, even loving, both Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Thor The Dark World. What does that say about me? Perhaps that I, I simply like unpopular things? Or I have really bad taste? Or maybe, maybe, it's that I know how to see the beauty and genius in things that others can't. Perhaps that is my superpower. It's, no, it's probably the, the bad taste thing. But Thor, the dark world. Thor, the world is so dark you just don't get it, man. Uh, there's a scene where El Eric Selvig is giving what we think is a lecture to a class at a university or something. But it turns out to be him ranting to patients in a mental hospital. It's all very humorous, and Stanley is there. His talk is, well, basically it's on the multiverse, but specifically it's on the Thor-related worlds, all the, the guards and the Himes. And it's done for, you know, movie uh, exposition purposes. On the blackboard behind him, there are diagrams, and in and on the very bottom he has written the words, the nexus of all realities, exclamation point, now I admit I didn't notice this when I first saw the movie. It had to be it had to be pointed out to me by very helpful YouTubers in various everything you missed videos. And again, I didn't think much about this other than fun Easter egg. There was no chance of Manthing actually appearing in live action, not at this point. I mean this was pre-multiverse. Uh well, officially pre-multiverse. 
so I dismiss this as having any real importance. And then... That's all you got? Cheap trick and a cheesy one-liner? Sweetheart, that could be the name of my autobiography. In 2013, Iron Man 3. Another film that I really like, but is also very divisive. A character appears as a Guy Ritchie henchwoman, Ellen Brandt. Ellen Brandt, in the comics, of course, is the love interest of Ted Salas, who turns out to be a double agent for AIM and eventually betrays Ted, and this betrayal leads to Ted Salas becoming the Man-Thing. After the transformation, Ellen Brandt confronts Man-Thing and is burned when he, Man-Thing, touches her face when she is afraid. And we all know what happens when anything knows fear around the Man-Thing's tender embrace. Now in the movie, Iron Man 3, Ellen Brandt is an AIM agent, and she has a scar on her face, which, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously a burn, and it's in the rough shape of a hand, maybe, if you squint. Ellen Brandt in the film is eventually killed, uh, and Man-Thing is not directly referenced. The name and the scar are, you know, pretty obvious homages to the comics. The only thing is, I find it odd that her character was used in this movie. It didn't need to be Ellen Brandt. It could have been any character. You could just create a new one, and it would have served the same purpose. It just reinforces to me that at this time, Man-Thing was not being planned as, you know, a legitimate entry into the MCU. He was just a nod and a wink. As such, Ellen Brandt's potential as a character seems to have been wasted, in my opinion. She's just used as a, you know, a red shirt. But as we know, retcons happen, and Ellen Brandt could return another day as a different character altogether, or as a variant. Who knows? Ah, uh, yeah, nah, this whole thing is a circle. But not a real circle, more like a freaky circle. Nothing makes sense here, man. The only thing that does make sense is that nothing makes sense. And now we come to the big one. An actual appearance of Man-Thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sorta kinda. On Sakaar, the Grandmaster has sculpted on the facade of his palace the likenesses of several of his past champions. These include the Hulk, Ares, Beta Ray Bill, the Bi-Beast, yeah, that's how you like that for a name, and of course, Man-Thing. The adorable, tentacled face of Man-Thing is lovingly crafted in silver metal and is given a place of prominence for all to see. This was the first time when I said, oh wow, this could actually be a thing that happens. Man-Thing could actually be added in live action as a legitimate character and not just a passing reference or a punchline. It's because, you know, the kind of movie that, that Taika Waititi makes, the, the kind of movie that Thor Ragnarok is, the tone, the fantasy aspects of it, Man-Thing makes, makes total sense in that environment. All that was needed, a reason for him to appear. And then... Nexus. Because the world doesn't revolve around you. 
or does it? I'm going to lump WandaVision and Loki together in this one because neither specifically mentions Man-Thing. It's the concepts that both shows are based on and the magical worlds they're creating are right in Man-Thing's wheelhouse. And man, the amount of times the word Nexus is used in both shows, that just made me giddy. First of all, the multiverse. The multiverse is now a full-fledged thing in the MCU. It's, it's, it's what the TV shows and the movies have been and will be concentrated on for the foreseeable future. Now, in, in WandaVision, Scarlet Witch is called a Nexus being. Uh, this is something she is in the comics as well. And that is a being that exists outside reality and within all reality. A kind of cosmic constant. And to a certain extent, Loki is this as well, but, you know, somewhat different. And WandaVision greatly expanded the magical side of the MCU uh, beyond Doctor Strange, while Loki introduced and expanded the multiverse and alternate realities. And this seems to be what the MCU is right now. Different realities, different timelines, variants, and alternate versions of characters and worlds. And as everyone knows, there is a single point where all reality converges. And at that single point, there is a guardian. It stands to reason that that guardian will show up at some point. So yes, at this point, I think it is inevitable that Man-Thing will appear in live action in the MCU. How that will happen, what it will look like, unclear. What do you know about the multiverse? You opened the doorway between universes. We don't know who or what will walk through it. We could see Man-Thing make an appearance in Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. You know, as Strange goes bopping around the multiverse, he may stumble upon a certain swamp in Florida. Or maybe he'll appear in Thor, Love and Thunder. Taika Waititi has already used his likeness once, maybe he'll take the next step and have Man-Thing appear again. And then there's James Gunn returning to the Guardians franchise. James Gunn has already shown that he's not shy about using obscure characters from both Marvel and DC. And Howard the Duck has already shown up in both movies, in both of his movies so far. Uh, Howard is, of course, a Gerber creation whose first appearance was in a Man-Thing comic. Although I think, I don't know, the Guardians films seem a bit overstuffed already. But it's a possibility. Another way that Man-Thing could appear is in his own one-off special. You know, like I mentioned at the top, just maybe just used as a Halloween horror thing. I don't know. That, that's always a possibility. And to be honest, any or all of these options seem valid, and quite frankly, I'd be on board with any of them. All I ask is that when Man-Thing does appear, I just hope they do it with a little... I was going to say class, but that's not the right word. Um, respect? He's a swamp monster with a name that sounds like a euphemism? Uh, so maybe maybe respect isn't the right word either? Um, just not a complete joke. Serious in a way that Groot is serious. Groot is a talking tree that is definitely used for comedic effect, but who is also given a little dignity uh, and empathy. If there's one thing that Man-Thing knows about, it's empathy. 
if it's done in a way that makes the character, you know, I want to say beloved. Beloved, yes. Like Groot and Rocket are beloved. I mean, is that too much to ask for? Maybe, but I would love for that to happen. I, I will honestly be happy with whatever they choose to do with Manny in the long run. Hell, I, I never thought a genuine appearance was even a consideration. And and regardless of of how he shows up or what or what movie or TV show he shows up in first, having Man-Thing as the guardian of the nexus of all realities, the doorman to the multiverse, could be a really interesting way to tie in all these series and movies. I mean, you know, to combine them and make them interconnected. Whenever anyone needed to get to a different reality or timeline, they would have to go to the Nexus and get past the Man-Thing. Have, have them be proven worthy by traveling past by the, by the large swamp monster and letting them through. And now with, uh, with all the, the horror uh, side of Marvel being introduced, I mean, there's, there, you know, Blade is in development, there's talk of Ghost Rider being in development, you know, I mentioned before Werewolf by Night having a, a Halloween special. There's, you know, Moon Knight, but by all the trailers, that looks uh, leaning towards a darker uh, horror kind of a tone. And Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness being directed by Sam Raimi, whose background is in horror. These are all building up to something, you know, that could be really special. In the same way that the 70s comics you know, there was that explosion of horror in the, in, the, in, the, in the early 70s. It could be a really fun time for, for live-action Marvel stuff. Man-Thing would be right at home in all that, in the way that he was in the comics back in the day. So, um, I'm excited. I hope they do it well. Anyway, that's my thoughts on Man-Thing and the MCU. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Let me know what you think about how Man-Thing should be integrated into the MCU, or if he should be integrated in there at all. Yeah, let me know in a comment at nexusofallrealities.com, or hit me up on Twitter, at nexusofall. Uh, again, this was just a short one to fill the gap between the full episode, which will be coming very soon. Till then, as always, keep it swampy. You've been listening to the Nexus of All Realities, a Man-Thing podcast. The Nexus of All Realities is a Daddy Elf production. Man-Thing and all related titles are copyright Marvel Comics, and no infringement is intended. The show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the podcatcher of your choice. You can contact the show via Twitter, at Nexus of All, or email comments at nexusofallrealities.com, we're online at our website, nexusofallrealities.com, where you could leave a comment on individual episodes. The Nexus of All Realities, a Man-Thing podcast, is for entertainment purposes only. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained?